Hey everyone, welcome to the Adrian Tan Show. This is my podcast where I have deep conversations with the people who are enabling organizations to become ready for the future of work. My guests include the mindfulness coach, the folks behind Singapore's most popular investment app, and many more. They all have one thing in common, and that is to help level up your organizations through your people. My guest today is the CEO of Institute for Human Resource Professionals, or IHRP, since 2017. IHRP's mission is to professionalize and strengthen HR practice in Singapore. Through a range of national HR programs such as the IHRP Certification, Human Capital Diagnostic Tool, and IHRP Knowledge Partner Program, it sets the HR standards of excellence, develop HR as a strategic enabler of business and workforce transformation, as well as foster a vibrant HR services ecosystem to drive innovation and change. He has over 30 years of experience in regional, global HR and general management roles in both public and private sector, having led initiative for MNCs spanning three continents, 30 countries and teams of around 9,000 people. He has also led acquisition, transformational change and partnered with key executives to develop and deploy business strategies during periods of rapid growth or cyclical downturns across mature and developing markets. He is passionate about untapping the value that good HR practices can bring to organization. Please welcome Mayang Perry. Welcome Mayang, thanks for coming on to the show. Thank you, Adrian. Thanks for having me. So tell us, what is IHRP and what problem is it trying to solve? IHRP really is, is a professional HR professional body. And the question you might have is that, you know, but we already have a HR professional body, SHRI. So why, why, is, why was there a need to... Uh, <laughs> You're to jumping ahead. A, yes, please. second Let's one, right? On yeah. I, I, think, I think, yeah, certainly, you know, we have the objective as well to uplift the HR profession. But the way kind of we we go about doing it is slightly different, right, from, from SHRI. Well, we are a tripartite organization, so we are formed by the tripartite partners in Singapore, Ministry of Manpower, NTUC, and SNEF. And we are funded by, by the uh, tripartite organizations. And whereas uh, SHRI is a membership-based association, and they've, they've got their own constitution right uh, so very different in terms of makeup but but you know like i said we have uh, very similar objectives that just the way we do it we we go about achieving those objectives are different so what we do is we as a standards and certification body right so just like you know accountancy has a, a set of standards the Singapore Accountancy Commission sets standards for the for the accountancy profession, and just like standards are set for other professions, the lawyers, the doctors, the the, the teachers, even I think I think HR professionals need also to have standards, and and the tripartite partners felt that uh, this needed to be uh, an independent body to set those standards. And, and then based on those standards to run a, a, a series of certification programs. So I think that's kind of the difference between IHRP and SHRI. So what we do is we, we, we have our certification programs and, and increasingly we are also looking at how we can help HR professionals make, make an impact 
in organizations. You know, because at the end of the day, certification is something that uh, HR professionals take away themselves individually. It, it benchmarks them against a standard, a national standard. But whether or not that, that level of competency translates into uh, good and better HR practices in companies, it's, it's something that certainly we, we need to kind of help HR professionals to, to do that as well. So, so increasingly, our, our next uh, phase of development is, is to look at how we can facilitate some of the workforce transformation efforts that we need to make in Singapore, right? Our, dem- our demographics, the vulnerability of our businesses to, to transformation, to uh, disruptions, particularly post-COVID, is, is going to make, make life uh, quite difficult, actually, for, for companies, many companies out there, particularly smaller companies. So how can HR professionals uh, pro- assist, provide, provide good, good support, and, and, and what good practices, what good tools, processes can we, can we uh, make available to, to, to companies out there? And how do we leverage the strength of the community because there are good things going on in, in, in different in bigger companies. There are good things going on even in smaller companies. There are good things going on in HR tech, right? And you, you write a lot about that, Adrian. <laughs> so so I, I'm a fan of, 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 of your blog. So so I, I think how do we then bring those practices to 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 help to help HR professionals? So I think that's kind of increasingly the things that we IHRP is is beginning to focus on. Thanks for the explanation. So if I were to put it in a different context, so I would imagine IHRP being the standard. It's like the the, the st- it's like a CPA standard, whereas uh, SHI would be more like the Association for Internal Auditor, things like that. So that would be the key separation. And you mentioned about all the standards that you guys are creating. I, I'm, I'm well aware of, of it because I'm also an IHRP SP senior professional, but perhaps for the audience that may not be so familiar with it, could you help to explain exactly how many layer or how many, what's the structure like for your certification program? Yeah, certainly. I think we, we, the information is on our website. So very, very quickly, there are four, four certification levels. We have the certified associates, which for those junior junior in, in HR, just starting their HR careers. And, and in that level, we look out for a knowledge of, 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 of HR in general. So whether someone has a, has a good enough overview and, and a good enough knowledge of the various HR dimensions, uh, from talent attraction to uh, engagement to the developing of employees and, and finally even even to to in terms of uh, how we manage the the exit the exit of employees so so i think you know at the lower level it's 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 a, it's a way for 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 those students even even i guess if you are a a student um, that you've graduated with a hr qualification for instance what we do is we it's it's a it's a common paper that all students take, uh, so that they can then provide uh, themselves with an understanding of whether some of the the learnings that they have had in in school is something that prepares them for the workplace. 
So we also test the legal, the legislation, and the regulations. So I think that that's something that fresh students uh, who've graduated would uh, find useful, because then they would uh, be able to then uh, present this uh, to prospective employers to say that you know they 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 know the law and they know the practice of HR, right? The second certification level is the certified professional. This is the first professional level of, of certification. And typically, we, we require someone with at least two years of experience in HR. The reason we do that is I think HR is more than just what you, you read in books. And, and certainly, it's a lot to do also with, with, the, with the experience that you gather. Uh, on the job, and and no two 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 cases are the same because we're dealing with uh, people, <laughs> so so a lot of our learning takes place uh, on the job, and this is something we measure at the CP level, uh, certified professional level, which is after two years, as well as the uh, senior professional level, which is uh, between eight to ten years of experience. So, so what we do, how we measure this uh, is that uh, we have a two-way of, of assessment. The first met, uh, assessment is around your experience. Uh, so tell us about your experience. What, what is it that you have already, what, what have you done in each of these uh, HR dimensions? And, and what, has, what, what, does, what has that provided in terms of helping you develop competencies? In, in, in those dimensions, as well as what can you tell us at the senior level in terms of how you have approached things at a more strategic level, right? So this is something that we call it the experience assessment, which is quite important, right? And uh, it's more than just you know, what, what you read in books. It's, it's what you have already done and what you have demonstrated in your career, right? The second assessment we do is the uh, what we call the uh, competency assessment. And this is uh, at the CP level, is multiple choice. It's a set of multiple choice questions that are caselets, right? So we, we present you with a caselet and then a, then a series of questions related to the caselet. Then, and then you kind of uh, uh, pick the best option that, 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 that addresses the, the problem the problem that, uh, that that's that's being described in the case, right? So, so for the CP level, it's multiple choice, and for the SP level, it's a short answer uh, format, right? So you you do have to uh, provide us with a with a, a series of uh, short answers to address the caselet question. So I think in that way, in this two way of uh, assessment, I think it's it's more holistic. It provides someone certainly with making sure that you know that that individual has a good grounding, right? But more importantly, how that individual has applied that knowledge in 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 on the job, right? The application of of that knowledge, and I, I and I think the feedback that we get from uh, people that that have taken the the IHRP certifications is that they they've they've learned they've learned through the process. Even even if it's just you know recounting the experience in our experience assessment, I think the fact that you are reflecting on what you've done in the past, you're, you're committing that on, 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 on paper, it's also a, a form of learning, right? 
And similarly, going through the assessments, certainly I think they, they, they feel proud. A lot of them feel proud uh, to, to have come through at the end. And, and I think that uh, speaks to the standards that we, we, we have, right? We, we do have good standards that, that people then feel that they, 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 there is a sense of achievement upon being certified. So those are the, the SCP and then the SP level. And finally, at the very top, we have the master professional level, the MP level. And at that level, I think it's more than just, you know, what you know. And, and certainly, I think these are the individuals that are the who's who of the HR world. And it's, it's more around, not so much in terms of your HR per se, but in terms of how you, you work with uh, stakeholders within your organization to, to extend that influence of HR across the organization at a more strategic level. And then also, how do you um, engage the uh, HR community, right? What influence, what uh, role model can, can do we have, right? What are the role models we have out there that the HR professionals can look up to, right? So that's at the master level, and that's by invitation. And that's by invitation, and we do kind of uh, put them through uh, a series of, of, of interviews and, and discussions just to ensure that they, they, they come with the right passion and the right mindsets. And certainly, they are in a position then to contribute back to the community through IHRP or even beyond IHRP. So, so those are the four levels. Thank you so much for the elaboration. And before we deep dive into some of the other questions that I have in mind, maybe I could just help the audience understand what motivated you to be involved in IHRP, knowing that you previously came from a HR background and it's a totally different ballgame for you. Yeah, that's a good question. And I sometimes I ask myself that, the same question. But, but, but if you look at my background, I, I did not start in HR. I started in the public sector. And I started in, in a very relatively young age managing people and, 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 and large groups of people. And, and I think that's kind of triggered my interest in, in HR. And I was, I was fortunate then to, to take on assignments quite early on in my career within a training and development organization, as well as doing, looking at some of the strategic manpower planning functions for this this organization so it, it it sort of triggered a lot of the interest in hr and and i decided you know i wanted then to be a, a hr professional asia was booming at that time and I, I also equally wanted to be in a position to to be to participate in the in the in the, in the growth of, of asian talent and and i i think you know quite early on in the career I, I, I remember instances where, you know, we had to set up a shop in China, in, in Sunchen at that time, uh, from scratch, right? And, you know, you, you go to Sunchen and those days you, you go to Sunchen through, through Hong Kong. You take the train from Hong Kong into Sunchen and, and Sunchen was just a fishing village, right? And on the train, you, you, you saw farmers, you know, bringing their, their life... <laughs> live poultry on the train into Hong Kong to sell. And, 
and, and where 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 would you be able to find talent in a in a place like Sunchen at that time? So so I think it was a, a, a good eye opener for me to be able to kind of look at this and and to say that if if this organization needs to deliver on on the objectives and to be in China, then then we really need to strategically look at how we develop talent. How, how do we, first of all, uh, you know, initially at least grow, you know, build, build, you know, provide opportunities for your existing talent to get exposure to some of the emerging markets. And, and that's something that many Singaporeans, you know, built up their careers on, right? They, they, they undertook assignments in, in some of the, the, the emerging economy um, in China, in, in Thailand, in, in Indonesia, and I think that sort of helped helped us kind of then at least at least you know provide that base to build upon a more sustainable talent pool, you developing local talents, right? So I think I think that was an interesting time for for me, you know, because you know it was a very very fast growth period. Uh, certainly there were there were challenges as well. SARS uh, comes to mind as uh, as a as as one such challenge, and and there were there were recessions along the way, and so we had certainly challenges with with respect to how how we you know provide some of the contingency planning, some of the scaling of the operations to to keep up with 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 the organizational growth, but but I think I I really enjoyed it, <laughs> I really enjoyed being in HR providing that. Uh, partnership that leadership on on talent to the organizations that I worked for and and I, I was also fortunate to to spend some time with one of the organizations HQ in the US so I spent three years in the US in a, in a business partnering role which gave, gave me a bit of a different perspective in terms of how large global corporations with a footprint around the world how they they kind of steer still a common purpose a common direction a common vision uh, as far as people is concerned so so i think that was a, quite a valuable experience and and i think probably you know was was very difficult for me to to say no when an opportunity came up to to manage a business in india for for the organization that i was working for they they needed someone to to start up their their India operations and I and I and I thought you know this is a HR guy <laughs> that not many HR people get an opportunity to do business so so why not and uh, so I, I took the challenge so it was a, a steep learning curve but but certainly I think you know it did give me a perspective on managing the business from the other side of the table to see, you know, how how do we not just, you know, what 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 good HR practices mean for business, right? How do we translate whatever you know things which uh, we do in HR? At the end of the day, you know, it has to make sense. Uh, it has to give value to to the business, and I think that perspective was quite quite useful for me. And and after setting up the business in India and and finding uh, my successor. I decided to come back home, and I, 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 that by that time I was already away from 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 home, Singapore for for over ten years. I said, you know, enough. I, I now need to give give back, and and I did 
you know, continued my HR track and uh, then the position in the HRP came along. So fortunate to be to be in a position to 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 make make that impact for the profession to give back if you like to a profession that has given me so much myself so much of of what 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 i learned is is from from hr and doing hr and it's i'm very proud to kind of you know help build up hrp to what it is today and and like i said you know uh, i think the sky is the limit for for hr i think the potential that we have to influence leaders to influence organizations is tremendous and all it takes is is really the will the credibility the will and the competencies to do it and and this is what ihrp is there to do your your journey and where you are today definitely made you a role model for many hr out there and for for people who may be keen to emulate your journey to rise to the top and the pinnacle of an organization what would be some of the key advice you give to them? Uh, I think you you kind of look at certainly it has to start from within yourself, right? Uh, it's good understanding of yourself in terms of what what you think uh, your purpose uh, in life uh, is is about. What <laughs> what do you think you you're good at? What do you think you know you maybe not 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 so good at, but you want to get better at. I think it has to start from within, and having a good understanding of that uh, gives you a, a good grounding, a good uh, a good platform to kind of then project yourself internally, right? And 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 really, I think that that's uh, an advice I would give uh, every every professional out there, not just in HR. Know yourself first. Get get to know, get feedback, get get a good understanding, and 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 then decide in terms of the pathway that that's that's right for you. And if you feel your pathway is in terms of getting being a leader, being uh, at the pinnacle of organizations, then then certainly I think you will need to take those baby steps in order to kind of build up your credibility, your your ability to, you know provide that confidence in yourself as well as in others that you can uh, deliver at that level. So, so I think it begins from, from that perspective. Important is, is also the network. I, I, I talked about the network. You can't do it yourself. Your support, whether it is your personal support within your, your families, you need the support of, of your peers. And, and certainly you need mentors and coaches that, that, that can give you that, that feedback in order, in order for you to, to succeed. So, you know, I, I don't know, you know, I, I can't go into specifics because it's, it's a very different path that each of us needs to take. But, but these are some of, some of the nuggets that I, I feel looking back at my career. These are the things that have that has, has helped me. In, in, in getting to where I am today. And thank you so much for sharing that. I'd like to touch on something which may be a bit controversial. Most recently, maybe about a couple of months back, the newspaper actually ran an article. They did a survey on essential workers as well as non-essential workers. And HR, as a function, actually came up as one of the top five non-essential workers. What's your view on that? What could have been done or, or, or presented differently? 
to prevent HR being on the list to begin with, with exception to killing or bribing the re- reporter. <laughs> yeah, it was it was quite a bombshell. I, I remember it was a Sunday, if, if, I, <laughs> if I'm not wrong. Something just, you know, a bomb just landed on, on, on us. And, but but I, I think maybe taking a step back, I, and the survey was, was well-intentioned, right? The survey was conducted in order to kind of put the spotlight on, on some of the underpaid jobs that, that have really come through for us during the, during the, the circuit breaker and, 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 and COVID, right? So, you know, it was really to put a spotlight on, on cleaners, garbage collectors, hawkers, or, or even people who, who, who were out there delivering. You know, putting themselves at risk by 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 delivering, right? Delivering food, and I think put that spotlight to say that you know, uh, are we, are we, you know, uh, valuing those jobs? I I think that was the the main intention of the survey, and and I think the objective was to kind of uh, ask people whether they were willing to pay more for for such services, right? And 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 I think the, the the feedback came back yes, right, and and I, and and for good reason, right. And certainly, I think a lot of jobs we feel today are, are underappreciated, underpaid, and, and I think we need to kind of, as a profession, also uh, make a stand on that too, right. But but on the on the other side, an unintended consequence of of doing the same survey is that while garbage collectors, hawkers, delivery men were 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 shown up as essential. On the other end, artists, telemarketers, social media managers, Adrian, <laughs> business consultants, only HR. You know, they, these were kind of some of the jobs that were showed up as non-essential. But but I think the the research company went on to explain, right? Because there was a there was a hoo-ha, understandably, and no one likes to you know be have their job described as non-essential, certainly not when, when HR was working so hard. Uh, but the way they described it, I, I thought, you know, yes, you know, that's why context is so important. And uh, so if you ask the question around low-wage essential workers, and that's how you, you define essential workers, if you define essential workers as people who are engaged in work deemed necessary for basic human survival and well-being, which is why... Well, how it was defined, then certainly yes. I, I in order to survive, I, I don't think I can survive without my garbage collected. I can't survive without my you know uh, food on my table that, that I, I, I will need to have delivered. But do I really need other other things to survive? Maybe not. So I think that's kind of the that was the context. So so I yeah there there you know the the this research company and and the Sunday Times the commission did did to kind of put things in perspective and I, and I'm glad they did because the the social media as you know was was alive with with buzz right as a result and not just from HR from from the artist profession as well because what we do is critical right it may not be life and death but it's certainly crit- critical uh, for for the pursuit of happiness, and, and certainly for stability of our society, and, uh, and 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 I think you know nothing that takes that away. Certainly not a survey, and we don't need 
uh, a survey to put us down, right? I, I think we are bigger than that, right? <laughs> you know. So that that's kind of my take on on on, on this on, on this. But what do you think as well? <laughs> Well, I think as with all things, there's definitely you know like like what they say, you if you see a smoke, most likely there's a fire, and most likely yeah. this has been manifesting for quite some time. Yeah. But having said that, I do think that times have changed, things have evolved tremendously, especially with the the creation of an organization like IHRP, which is your your main your key mission is to is to elevate HR profession into another level. Mm. So I, I think even though this has created quite a lot of hoo-ha, but I guess on the flip side, it has shown a very strong spotlight on IHRP and really help people to understand more about the initiative that you're doing and how they can be involved in it. Because based on a, a recent mention by Zaki Muhammad, it, it was said that there's 47,000 HR professionals Yes. And I think many of them has yet to be involved with IHRP in a meaningful way. Yeah. So I think this would this may be the key catalyst for for those people who has been sitting on the fence, deciding whether they should pursue this or not to really start taking decision, start making an action, and really be involved and be part of this certifying body. Yeah, yeah. I I think we have sort of come to the forefront. And I guess you know what we take take away from this crisis. Anyway, we are we are not out of the crisis yet. But but I think what uh, we when we we look at the challenges that you know all all societies are going through, the existen- existential challenge with respect to the health crisis that is still still with us, that crisis precipitating the economic crisis, right, and and the devastating impact on jobs and skills as a result. Certainly, I think there's a lot of concern, right? And and HR professionals, wherever they are, right? I think you have a, a big part. You will have a very big major role to play in all uh, aspects of the of, of managing this crisis. So so I I think it's it's a, it's a it's a call to action, if you like. We are we are fortunate in Singapore that that we have the government, and not just the government, the tripartite partners firmly behind the profession, right? That we are here uh, to support, to support each other, right? And that's always been the Singapore way, right? It's it's not we we've never believed that it's it's always contentious, right? Because we, you know, in Singapore, we've always had, we needed to be practical. We needed to, being a small place with a limited amount of resources, we really needed to be practical in terms of how we, we go about doing things. And, and I think that's a strength that, that, that also is, is, is part of HR, right? And if you if you talk to HR professionals, we are all very practical people. You know, we are the people that uh, straddle between management and and employees. So so we 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 have to provide that uh, glue, if you like, <laughs> the, the 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 social glue, the economic glue even to make sure that that the people work together. You know, you, you know, in in good times as well as in bad times, right? So, so I, I think we have a lot to offer as a profession. So I, I'm just uh, uh, 
grateful really that that that, that we have this ecosystem in Singapore, right? That that allows us to 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 do that. Whether or not you know you know we have forty seven thousand HR professionals, I I think it will be certainly an effort to ensure that you know every HR professional out there is is well equipped. But but it's it's something that is a challenge that IHRP uh, is is very happy to take on. Certification is is just one is one part. It's uh, you know it's also how can we help provide some of the baby steps, and and you know it may not be certification because people may feel oh I'm not ready right, I'm not ready for for this assessment, this exam. Then then just you know think of a skill badge if 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 you are passionate about say analytics, you're passionate about organizational change because you've done a project and, and you know you, you did it well, right? And, 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 and you want to uh, be recognized for that, then it could be a skill badge as well. And then we have uh, skill badges available for you to kind of also, you know, take on and, and, and prove yourself. So, so I, I think it's how do we bring the community together and it's partnerships I, th- I think I, I'm, I'm always an advocate for, for partnerships. And, and we, uh, right from the very start, we, 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 we had strategic partnerships signed with CIPD, SHRAM in the US, and RE in Australia. And, and I think those partnerships are, are quite important for us, right? Because through those partnerships, uh, I, think, I think then we can leverage on each other to provide the best uh, products and services to the profession. Uh, we don't have to do everything ourselves. So, so I think we, we are in a good position here in Singapore to do great things and, and just want to kind of you know, be in a position to, to, to make things happen, right? I, I think that's kind of where sometimes ideas are good. Having those vision, having the vision and, 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 and having the creativity to, to have those ideas is, is, is critical, but, but it's also execution. You know? and, and in Singapore, we deliver. <laughs> if, you look, if you talk to a lot of international companies, international managers and say, okay, Singapore managers, what, what's different uh, between Singapore managers and, and other managers? Oh, we deliver. We do what we say, and we say what we do, right? And and I think I think that that's the Singapore way, and and this is HRP is is an opportunity for the HR profession to show how how HR can can be can stand out in the Singapore way. I, I truly like the way you put it. It's like for many decades, Singapore has always been seen as the practical, the pragmatic, the non-corruptible country. And of course, the people would automatically get tagged along as well. So putting that uh, practice onto HR professional to really present themselves differently definitely would make a good differentiation, a unique selling proposition for many organizations. I'd like to touch on something new. Most recently, it was announced in an event about a HR industry transformation playbook that IHRP will be involved in. And I'm very certain there will be a lot more other involvement. And these are things which are still in development, if I'm not wrong. Could you shed some light on this? What exactly is this all about? And what other new stuff is IHRP working on this year? Yeah. Adrian, are you a fan of American football? I do know a little bit. 
but not exactly a fan. I'm still trying to work out the rules. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an interesting game. Um, and those of us who sort of grew up with with English football, you know, uh, soccer, if you like, you know, sometimes we find it difficult to appreciate the American way of doing things. But but certainly, I think playbook comes from primarily from America American football. And it's uh, it's actually it's literally a set of books. It's a it's a book of uh, plays, right? That the coaches kind of design in 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 order to kind of score, in order to kind of get get better at against the other the against the opponent, right? Uh, it's a series of combinations. It's a series of uh, sequences in order to kind of ensure that you know you 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 score a touchdown, right? So, so when we looked at the challenges that HR professionals, particularly in smaller companies in Singapore, have, uh, typically a smaller company, smaller organization uh, in Singapore may not uh, even have a have a full time HR. They 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 could do, be doing HR with other things, right? Admin, a corporate type of work, or even if there was a HR department, it would be a small department, right? Maybe one or two people. And and you know your your colleague would just be doing payroll, right? <laughs> would be very busy doing payroll, and and then it's just you, right? So so a lot of these companies then would struggle, right? Because they 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 would not really have the means, the resources, in order to kind of advocate for for progressive practices, right? So what what practices work for me? Oh, well, I've heard that you know. Performance management is on the way out. Annual performance appraisal is on the way out. Maybe I should be looking at something else. But I'm just a small company, and and for me, how do I convince my my boss? How do I? So there is a lot of challenge, and what I would as a last mile challenge, right? I think HR professionals know. They know very well because they're. We are, we are fairly uh, well exposed on social media. We are well exposed in terms of good things. Uh, you know, I think uh, government does a fantastic job in skills future. So a lot of our HR professionals do attend courses. They do know some of the, the more, more progressive things that, that are possible to do, including HR tech. But why is it, Adrian, that the adoption of some of these practices does not happen so so easily. So so perhaps this is where uh, we we think a set of playbooks, a set of a way to to present a series of plays, depending on your your situation, right? That means it's contextualized to your situation. So for example, let me give you an example. You are you are in the finance sector, right? Your small small operation within the finance sector doing insurance products, right? Small company, uh, say an insurance broker, right? And you know the broking business is going to be disrupted big time, right? With 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 tech, with some of the tech platforms, fintech. So you need you need you need to transform, right? But but for you to transform, is it just about the digitization? Is it just about you know doing looking looking at some of the pivoting into a, a a new line of business, and if I do that, what does it you know is it is it just putting in a system, 
just buying a buying a, a technology, putting it in, and and everything will be okay. No, you need to build that buy-in, right? In employees, you need to upskill employees. You need to provide opportunities for them to accept the changes that are going to take place, and and have the right mindsets in order for them to upskill. And, and that takes effort. Right, it takes, and, and if you're a small company in a, in a, in, with one or two HR people without the resources, how, how are you going to even start having those uh, discussions with your, with your leadership? So it seems very daunting. So with playbooks, it's, it's going to be customized for the finance sector to say, okay, these are some of the business challenges in the finance sector. So if digitization is something that your organization is going through, so what are the, th- the top three or four things that you need to do in HR in order to best prepare your organization for the digitization, digitization that is coming up? What do you need to change as far as hiring talent is concerned, right? Do, do you need new skills which you will not have uh, the luxury of time to, to build internally, which you need to buy, right? You need to buy those skills. And then what are those skills and how do I then go out and look for those skills? Because I've never, I've never hired these people before. Where do I go and, and find them, right? Uh, the people with the analytic skills, the people with the ability to, to, to match your, your technology challenges. On the other hand, there's also a need to kind of make sure that you, you build skills, right? Then how, what do you do with your existing workforce? What are the adjacent skills? What are the skills they already have? How, how can you kind of build, build a, new, uh, a new scope for them so that they, they feel that, yeah, they, they, they're part of this journey, right? So a lot of these things are last mile challenges, which I think if we provide a guide, and more than just guides, I, I think guides are, are something that we already have, but we, we need to kind of customize it, localize it, and make it very specific to the sector. And 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 guess what, Adrian? We, we have the community. We have enough HR professionals in, in finance, those who are doing great things that, that are telling us that they want to help. <laughs> they want to help these smaller companies, because they have gone through the, the learnings, they know what works, and they are willing to then curate, articulate some of these learnings into place, right? So that, you know, these can be something that very easily can be uh, adopted by by some of the, 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 the people that are struggling today, right? So I think that's kind of the mindset now we, we, we're trying to build for the community that the haves need to, to lend a helping hand to the have-nots. And, and, and the playbook is, is going to be certainly one of the, the opportunities that we have in order to do that. We need an orchestrator, if you like. We need a, a platform. And IHRP is, is happy to, to be that platform. To, to bring those, the needs to, to the table. So what are the needs out there? Which are the sectors? We think there are two sectors that uh, we, we want to start with. I talked about finance and the other one would be food services. So we, we then bring those needs. Uh, we work with the trade associations. 
we'll work with the government agencies like MAS and, and, and even EDB and, and ESG to kind of sort of, sort of say, so what, what are the challenges? What are the needs? What are the business challenges? And then um, work on some critical areas where, where HR can help. So I, I talked about digitization. I think digitization and automation is, is one, one of the playbooks that we are working on. The other playbook is, is going to be around uh, talent. How do we develop uh, a strong core of local talent for many of these sectors, right? That's another play. It's, 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 it's not going to be uh, overnight. Huh? There, there, there has to be a concerted effort, right? from all the ecosystem in order to support some of these smaller companies. And, and certainly, I think there is, there's enough will out there. I, I think if you look at the, how we have responded, how the government has responded on COVID, there's certainly a lot of uh, support given to companies uh, in order to help companies uh, transform. And, and certainly, I think we are going to try to tap into that passion, tap into that energy to see how uh, we can help uh, some of these smaller companies uh, to get better, to get 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 better in in terms of their HR processes. So this is just uh, one one of the uh, aspects that we are we are looking at. In addition, I think there are there are other things around. Companies need to understand what they are doing first, right? You know, you have many processes going on. I think in HR, you know, you your your life cycle. You look at the employee life cycle. There are many many things that that we do and and. Are you really optimizing uh, those processes? Are, are you are you benchmarking yourself with similar companies in the same industry, perhaps? Right. If you're not, then I think you're also kind of a little bit shooting in the dark, right? So we we have a diagnostic tool. We we, we we've had it for uh, already a year, and uh, something like about a hundred over companies have already done it, and very good feedback. Because I think the diagnostic tool helps them benchmark themselves in terms of their practices, in terms of, so where do I stand, right? Am I, am, I, am I really doing as well as I should be doing, say, when it comes to engaging my employees? Or should I be looking at doing more, right? So you, we have an external assessor that comes into your company, looks at your processes, tries to understand your business, challenges and tries to then uh, provide you with that insight in terms of the, the top three, four things that you need to do. Uh, and that's immensely uh, useful for companies and immensely useful for, for HR professionals to, to get that insight. Uh, so that's another opportunity that IHRP is working with the ecosystem. Uh, some of our assessors are private consultants that are trained by us and, and they want to help. They want to help some of these smaller companies. And, and so we have uh, a group of consultants that we, we have, we work with on HCDT, the diagnostic tool. And similarly, we will have consultants and, and uh, training providers out there that will work with us on implementing the, the playbooks. So it's all about partnerships, right? It's all about iHRP. Yes, we will provide a platform. We will have the community there. But at the end of the day, whether we see adoption, whether we are able to reach the 47,000 depends on how strong we will be in partnerships. So, so I, I, I think I'll give you that, that, that perspective. And, and I, I don't know whether Adrian, from your position, being 
in in from an outside in looking in to the profession, do you think uh, this this is something that 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 is 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 workable? It's something that we need, and are we are we in the, on the, on the right track? What what do you think, Adrian? Definitely. In fact, when I first got to know about uh, what IHRP uh, intend to do, it was during the earlier days when it was still known as the National HR Framework, which was yeah. really many years ago. Everyone was very excited, including myself, knowing what is going to happen and knowing that Singapore is going to spearhead and be the leader in trying to create a certifying standard. But and going beyond that, the involvement that IHRP has been with in with different ministry, with different tripartite partners, again, all trying to tackle different and unique situations because knowing that you have 47,000 people, but they all don't work and operate the same way. Some people may be heavier in administration, someone may be heavier in payroll, some of them may be strategic, and each of them would have a unique challenge that they need help to resolve. And I'm very certain with what IHRP is doing and continue to do, and with all these new measures and new initiatives being rolled out, you are definitely heading in the right direction. But it does sound like a very heavy and bigger plate for you. Would you be hiring any more people to add <laughs> on to your team? We we always on the lookout for talents, uh, Adrian. I, I think uh, it's, it's a great pitch point, uh, if you ask me, as a HR professional uh, myself, and, and, and we do look out for HR talents. Joining IHRP gives you a, a great vantage point because you you have an overview in terms of some of the national issues uh, around workforce, around workplace, more and more around workplace with, with the challenges with, with the pandemic. So, so it's a great vantage point. It's a great place for talents who are passionate about HR, who are passionate about making a difference in HR to 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 be at right and and we have uh, a, a great team as well not not to say my my own team but but i'm equally referring to the community out there because we the way we we work just to give you an insight uh, adrian is uh, we work through uh, a, a number of committees right so we have one committee that that helps us understand the professional practices in terms of making sure that we have a, a good appreciation of what good practices are, uh, what are the trends, how those practices need to evolve. So that's the Professional Practices Committee, and that's held by uh, currently Eileen, Eileen Tan, uh, CHRO of Singtel. We also have an Assessments Committee, uh, and that Assessments Committee helps us regulate, govern our assessments, make, making sure that uh, we maintain those high standards that I talked about, as well as you know when we come up with new assessment products, for example, uh, talk about skill badges, and and equally I think there there are going to be more alternative pathways to certification. It cannot just be you know uh, one single pathway. I, I think we we are diverse enough as a HR community to open up alternative pathways towards certification. Right, so so I think this uh, committee also helps us to 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 do that, and we have a digital committee that when when we talk about challenges around digitization, the companies go through. So we we have the very very uh, experienced people in uh, the the digital world, people from IMDA, people from uh, the consulting community that that, that that's helping us 
understand the challenges uh, that digitization brings to, to organizations. And, and finally, we have the Engagement and Outreach Committee. And, and the reason I mention these committees is that each of these committees uh, is comprised of, of, of talents, very, very passionate people, people with, with many years of experience in HR as well as outside HR, but equally are willing to contribute to HR. And that's why they, they, they are, they, they've, they've, they've volunteered for these committees. And, and, you know, when we interact with the committees, we learn, right? We learn as well. And uh, I think that's, that's really uh, fabulous. So even if you don't join us, uh, do volunteer for some of these committee committees uh, do you know we, 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 we are always on the lookout for there's always task forces that, that we are we are forming currently we have one task force that we formed to look at some of the the, the newer competencies when, because we are refreshing our body of competency we have another task force that we formed that's look looking at some of the resilience type of uh, expectations for HR how, how can HR help organizations be more resilient. So we have many task forces and, and through those task forces is an opportunity to learn. So, so even if, you, if you're happy um, in your organization and, and, but you, you, you want to give back, you want to give back to the community, do, do let us know. Do come forward, let us know. I think Adrian, we've, we've picked your, your, your brains a, a, a few times as well. And thank you so much for, for, for helping us on some of the webinars. I, I think that's another opportunity where, where, where we do get people together that brings that perspective from the practitioner point of view, uh, which I think is, is very important, uh, particularly at this time. You're most welcome. And for people who are interested to find out more about IHRP, to know how they can be involved or even to be certified, where can they go to? Oh, go to our website. I think it's, it's, it's one mecca for you. So go to our website. There's enough information around, you know, which uh, certification level is, is appropriate for you. Do that self-assessment. And, and uh, certainly, I think uh, now is as good a time as any. In fact, I'm going to make it even uh, better. So just uh, for your listeners, Adrian, I'm going to give uh, uh, a $30 off the assessment fee. You know, all, all they need to do is to go to our website, sign up for certification, put in the promo code, which we've, it's called Adrian Tan 30. That means it's one word, Adrian Tan 30. <laughs> Just put in the promo code and you get $30, $30 off. Uh, how do you like that, Adrian? Awesome. Thank you so much. <laughs> On behalf of all my listeners, thank you so much for offering that. So again, uh, you'll be Adrian Tan 30. Yes. Just enter that in when you are at the certifying certification page to go through the assessment and you'll automatically be given $30 off. Right. All the links that we have mentioned earlier on will be added into the show notes for your convenience. And I had a wonderful time today, Mayang, going through this conversation with you. I hope you enjoy it as much as I do. Thank you so much for coming to the show. Thank you, Adrian, for having me and you know, continue to do the great things that you're doing for, for the community. I, I really love you know the way you you know, reach out, the, 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 the opportunities that we have really depend on, on, on the community, on people like, like you making a difference out there. So thank you for all, all your efforts, Adrian. Thank you for listening to the podcast. You can refer to the show notes for links to more information about our guests and their businesses. 
If you enjoy this podcast, it will be helpful to give a review on iTunes or follow me on Spotify. If you're using Overcast, please hit the star button under the episode. That will help get this podcast and the episodes out to more people who may find it useful. I will see you in the next episode of The Adrian Tan Show.